Dude, I'm so broke, I can't even make a Salvation Army costume for Halloween. That this, reminds this is me my of Halloween the, costume. I've, that actually reminds me of one of the funniest jokes I heard on uh, heard from the Drew Carey show. Is uh, I think it was Oswald said, "My my my uncle was a was a general in the Salvation Army until he went crazy and decided to lodge a surprise attack on the Goodwill store." <laughs> wow. That's... No, I, this is my. I, I got like a nice, uh, like fifteen dollar pair of like aviator sunglasses. I'm just gonna make up a name tag that says "Hello, I am the coolest guy you know." It's you subtle. Aren't. It's understated. What's that? But you aren't. It's Halloween, Ben. Don't take Halloween from me. What really bugs me is if I had fifty bucks, I could have had a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costume. Well, you're just going to paint yourself white? No, it's an actual costume. Yeah. <laughs> I was making a, a fat joke. I know. I've heard it before. Okay, well, actually, you would Along be able to Michelin do it. Man. My God, have you seen oh. The People vs. George Lucas yet, JT? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Ah, it's great. What's it about? Well, it's, it's about a boat. A, it's, a, a, it's about a bunch of people who hate George Lucas. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's all the fans complaining about all the changes he's made to the movies. And they even have a special song sung by a band called George Lucas Raped Our Childhood. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I hear that, and the first thing that pops into my mind is that uh, Warren Ellis t-shirt that what that girl was wearing, if you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. But it just... To hear something like that, it makes me think of something I enjoyed. Well, Oddly I, enough, I go from Star Wars to G.I. Joe. Just saying. Have you listened to uh, any new episodes yet? I'm about halfway through the Transformers episode right now. Oh, did you listen to Did you listen to our uh, Marvel from an interview yet? I did, but I ended up listening to it when I was laying down, so i got to go back and listen to it again. But I did, I did like it. I mean... The dude's got a mind on him. <laughs> and did you did you watch our Thundercats commentary with the episode seven? Not yet. Oh. I've I have to dig that. I, it's just I remember that little. We don't condone <coughs> watching <laughs> we, it we illegally. Don't. Well, I have to say that for legal purposes. Yeah. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. So we all ready? Yeah. All right. Okay, welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, tonight we are talking about cartoons based off of movies. Uh, you know, there's there's such a wealth of quality here, so uh, let's get started. I am your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV Spencer Neal. Wild Stallions rule! And we have with us uh, JT from Saskatoon. 
How are you guys doing? All right. Uh, let's get this started. As everybody knows, once a movie property proves popular, it only takes so long before a studio head says, gee, we should milk this. And what's the best way to milk it? Not with two hands in a bucket, but with a cartoon series. Because that's so much better. Uh, we have a list of some cartoons based off of uh, some movies, and uh, I think you will see a certain percentage of good versus bad or bad versus good, depending on how you look at it. Mostly bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Well-known the- fact is the USA Street Fighter cartoon is not based off of the uh, video games. It's based off of the movie. The Raul Julia, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. The greatest movie in the world. Quick, somebody change the channel! <laughs> and the cartoon almost has as many memorable moments as the movie. Bison! Bison! Yes. This cartoon like- was terrible. What I remember is they had an episode where Sakura shows up, or Sakura, or... I'm not Japanese. I not. I don't know. Um, she's named after a flower petal. Anyways, everybody in the cartoons designed very Western animation, right, guys? Oh yeah. Sakura looks like a, an anime character, and it it throws you off. I think half the show threw people off. <laughs> the sad thing is this: this cartoon was animated by DR Movie, and DR Movie is a Korean studio. And yes, it looks like shit. Um, here, here's a, here's a little trip trick for you, just to learn how quickly animation studios can get from bad to good. Uh, most of Avatar: The Last Airbender was done by DR Movie. Uh, another hint is uh, watch the Justice League Unlimited episode, uh, uh, the Cat and the Canary with uh, with uh, Black Canary. That's animated by DR Movie. So yeah, Street Fighter cartoon also done by DR Movie. Uh, this cartoon was terrible. Didn't this, uh, wasn't this also aired in the same block as like a Darkstalkers cartoon? No, yeah, I think it was. Darkstalkers was, was that... more of a syndicated thing, I think. Mm. Are you sure? I, I, I could have sworn that USA aired them together. Oh, no, they, they aired them together, but I mean, the, I can't remember the, the like the production company behind the Darkstalkers cartoon. But... I think it was the same production company that did that, Street Fighter, and a third one that's a little bit closer to my heart, not based off of a movie. Double Dragon. No. <laughs> Wing Commander. Oh, oh yeah. It's this, it, The funny thing is this. Whoever was in charge of all these cartoons crossed them together. Bastard. That was... It was that... There was a, there was a barbarian alien overlord character named, voiced by Michael Dorn. Who was in the Street Fighter cartoon? And at the end of the Street Fighter cartoon, he's launched into space and in cryogenic sleep. And then in the Wing Commander cartoon, they found him in the spacecraft. Yeah, but that actually that crossover you think you're talking about, they crossed over with the uh, Mortal Kombat uh, Defenders of the Realm series. No, they crossed over with with uh, with uh, Street Fighter as well. Okay. With that character. Yeah. And oh my god, just the fact that that this happened. I don't know what bothered me about the Street Fighter cartoon. Like, I mean, right from the beginning, you get that it's based off of the Van Damme movie, but they also mix in a lot of stuff from the, from games. the games. And that's, I mean, if it was a straight uh, like translation from the movie, then Balrog should technically be a good guy, but for some reason, he's working for Bison. Bison! Yeah. 
I am the Repo Man, and you are out of business. <laughs> they just didn't have any good one-liners in the cartoon. That's the thing. And they couldn't have somebody with, like, a bad Danish accent or whatever to voice Guile. He's just, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, straight-up corn-fed American. With that straight-up corn-fed hair. Hey, it takes hours and tubes and tubes of hair gel to get hair that epic. So this Overlord character, was he, like, the Hector Ramirez of... Uh... Of uh, the series, uh, actually, what he does is he was this ma- character made by this studio. All he does is show up and kick everybody's ass in in whatever show he's in, and then and then someone gives him like a moral story, and he decides, "Fuck this, I'm leaving." <laughs> That's all this guy fucking does. Oh God, J- JT, you saw these episodes, you know, who, you know, what I'm talking about. I remember them, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> why? Like, it just seems so weird that the best solution they could come up with is, like, let's freeze his ass and shoot him into space. We'll let the future worry about it. That's the Wing Commander theme from the, from the game. What I just thought was corny about the Street Fighter cartoon was just how they got around the usage of guns. It was like, it was, Kyle, Guile was like, I don't use guns. Guns are for wimps. I, I have my... My fighting moves to to protect me. Sonic Boom. Yeah, the, the the moves in that cartoon were just they don't work in in the 3D space of uh it's not just like uh like a 2D plane. These they're trying to have these characters uh work in a 3D world and it doesn't it doesn't really gel. Like you have you have a uh, guile like throwing a throwing a Sonic Boom to to like put out a fire or something and yeah <laughs> or or Chun Li like. I remember one episode. I think I think they were trapped in a room and there was gas coming in. And Kelly does a spinning and, bird kick to clear out the yeah, gas. Yeah, she does a spit. Yeah, she does. And I'm like, oh my god. I just it's like, like like even in the intro is something that Charlie's bothered doing, me. Doing, like, the, doing the rapid kicks and takes apart a tank. Exactly. Yeah. It's like there is no no way. Like, well, the I thing mean, is, this you she know, anything... apart that tank faster than any player I ever saw take apart that damn car in the bonus stage. Exactly. It's just like, what? I mean, and, and for, you know, it, I, I can understand the, the, the idea of, you know, Guile and Ryu having, like, energy attacks or, like, focus, like... Well, I, you know, I, the thing that bothers me is you have a corn-fed American that shoots chi. Yeah. That bothers me. And well, the, and then you've got the California surfer dude that can do the same thing, which... Well, you know what? He has the power of of, of the crazy weed. <laughs> so you're gonna say the power of awesomeness. But... I'm talking about I'm talking about DJ. He come on, he's oh. totally, he's totally on it. Oh, that's yeah, that's the other character. It's like okay, we got the black guy on one side, we got a black guy on the other side. How can we possibly make this better? Let's switch the roles. I was like, okay, wasn't DJ like that? See, DJ was one of my favorite characters to play in the game. Because, you know, he's kind of like, he fights Capoeira style, which is, I think, pretty cool. But then they get, I can't remember the guy's name, and the close, the only reason he was called DJ, that, that was his name. Like, he, he had nothing. Like, even Zangief added a little bit to the film, and Zangief was a friggin' You guys get paid? <laughs> I still like the, you know, quick, change the channel, which is the funniest damn thing in that movie. That was played by the guy who was the bully from the second Revenge of the Nerds, wasn't it? I think it was. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. DJ was like the Mario Van Peebles character from Jaws 4. I mean, that's how good that that uh, yeah. Caribbean accent was. 
I still like that. He's dead, uh, Commander Bison. Congratulations. On the contrary, I warned. Okay. It's just, oh, me, God. It was Tuesday. Yeah. And then, you know, for a character that was in, like, what, two, maybe three scenes, that total screen time of not even five minutes in the whole film, Captain Sawada was all of a sudden, like, this badass, you know, uh, Allied Nations peacekeeper troubleshooter type guy. Neither and, told uh, him. No. Yeah. No, not all. He wasn't even that cool. <laughs> okay, what about... Uh, did what they have a Kuba in this piece of shit? Uh, Kuba? I think he showed up in a few episodes. Oh, God. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then they had, like, uh, Blanca's, like, still trying to contain the beast within. Didn't they, didn't they turn Blanca back into Charlie in that episode? No. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And was it was it the Alpha Charlie? Yes, they, they, oh. actually, they gave him the Alpha Charlie design once he turned back. You mean with the life preserver, life preserver vest? Yes, and the glasses. Are you afraid you're gonna drown? They took they turned Blanca into Charlie in this bad cartoon. Well, he was Charlie in the movie, so it just oh god, uh, I'm thinking of the movie now. Oh god, it hurts. Have you ever played the movie, the game? That was oh. a game. Yeah, there was a game. It looked like Mortal Kombat, but it was Street Fighter. Street Fighter, the the movie, the game. Neil, find him the link. I had it on Sega Saturn. It was awful. It was cheap as hell too. It was, and I don't mean like monetarily cheap. I mean like the the AI was just would just like pound you with the same move over and over. It, it's it's like playing against a kid who found the Hadouken. Yeah, and we'll let JT watch this for a second. The best thing about that, oh, I'm gonna have to open up a browser now. The best thing about that was the. Uh, the photo shoot from that from that game when they were making it because you got Kylie Minogue uh, in, oiled up and wearing the cami outfit from the game and I was like oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Blanca looks like the uh, looks like the Gecko King man. Yeah. Even <laughs> <laughs> you could save car insurance. It's as easy as yeah. Yeah, I, I swear that uh, that that uh, that that guy is is the is the bully from the second Revenge of the Nerds. Just look at him. It might be. I remember reading something about that guy and him being in another movie, and I think that was it. Oh, I think we have our show image now, because uh, now we, I have an excuse to put that on the site. What the hell? <laughs> this is not Street Fighter. It's this is bad bad. comedy. I don't care. Okay, I'm, I'm, no. No. Okay. Ow. Are we done with Street Fighter, you think? Are we ready to move on to the next one? Oh, I think so. Okay. Uh, next on our list is... Here we are! Born to be kings! We're the princes of the talking about Highlander the cartoon. I still can't believe there's a cartoon. It's not so good. It's done oh, by I've, a French it. It's done by a French production company and uh, we we just love the work those guys do. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically the plot is it's like years in the future there's a post apocalyptia and uh, and there's this new McLeod because you know those McLeods just have like the gene for immortality and uh, 
Like midichlorians. Oh, God. And Ramirez shows up, and he is uh, teaching this young McLeod how to, uh, you know, take out this evil immortal who uh, didn't agree to some sort of pact or something. And and basically, you can get powers two ways in this cartoon, one way more often than the other, where basically either the uh, immortal surrenders his power to this young McLeod, and then they do the sequence where the, that immortal sword shatters while McLeod holds it, or you t- cut their fucking head off, which they never show because it's a cartoon. cartoon. Yeah, I, you would think someone along the line would be like, wait a minute, why are we making this cartoon that we know we can never show the power transfer in? You know, what, what, what are we thinking here? <laughs> yeah, for a series that's basically based around beheadings, like, and how the hell is, how did they bring Ramirez back in this one? Well, well, what happened was uh, was uh, Connor shouted out, Ramirez when he was quickening and now. No, that was the movie that won't ever be discussed. <laughs> I don't care that what scene version. was terrible. The movie's so bad that they had to make a second version of it. The renegade version. Actually, there's like a renegade version of the renegade version. <laughs> it's just no, like, like seriously, like. That was the stupidest way, but how did they bring him, or was he just didn't die? He just didn't universe? die because he was so fucking popular. And the person voicing him isn't even trying to do anything with it, not even doing a Sean Connery accent, just just doing a straight-up voice. I'll take the rapist for 300 <laughs> Your mother, that's, Trebek. I'll take the that's penis. therapist. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've, I've used products like those before. I'm not ashamed to tell you. <laughs> that this this cartoon was horrible. The production values weren't even there, and it was done like it was done like four years after Highlander: The Final Dimension, so it wasn't even near the release of the movie. So, you know, way to go, <laughs> whoever held the rights. I mean, it, this was almost as bad as the TV series. And now we get some angry mail. Teach their own. Did the guy from Fine Young Cannibals show up? <laughs> I don't know. This was just a terrible cartoon. Let's move on to the next one. Rambo, Rambo, Soldier of Freedom. Wasn't this animated by Toei? It might have been. I, I don't think it was done by Marvel, but it, it definitely had the crew from Marvel. It had, uh, I think I heard Peter Cullen's voice in there. Yeah, get me Rambo. Well, didn't it get, like, the original Colonel from the movies, the voice? No, that's not, that's, sure? that's not his voice. Watch the intro, that's not his fucking voice. I'm pretty sure it was. That's not his voice, listen to it. Yeah, it's, it, this cartoon was produced by Carol Coe. Carol Coe. Who did a lot of stuff in the 80s. Yeah, and I think they went under after, what was it, Cutthroat Island? Yeah. I love Gina Davis, but she was too old for that role. Yeah. This was like, like this could be Toei's, like, C-team. <laughs> but this is definitely a Toei. <laughs> Did you see that dog? Oh. Well, there's an 80s villain if there ever was one. Yeah, listen, when because get me Rambo. That's not that's not the vo- that's not the guy. Okay, I thought it was. Mm. I just love how the the intro to the show. It's like the you know the the most stereotypical awesome thing from an action movie in the eighties was this the gearing up scene and that's how they start the cartoon. Yeah, this this was this was like done this was aired in eighty six, so this was done as a response to the popularity of G. I. Joe. 
Oh, yeah. After the toy deal fell through, they decided they had to do something. Because, as you know, Sylvester Stallone, as Rocky Balboa, was going to be a Joe. Yeah. Did they eventually make that... uh, They made it a villain. Yeah, one of... of, uh, Well, the rival to Rocky Balboa was going to be called Big Boa, and he made it into the toy line. And then that later got got converted into the uh, the Street Fighter Balrog character. (laughs) Oh, wow. But yeah, this cartoon was totally a response to the popularity of G.I. Joe. Well, you had the race car driver, you got the spy slash master of disguise chick. Yeah. General Warhawk. Like, seriously, like, you you (laughs) watch the intro people and... It's like that was the main villains. Like, how is he not wearing a silver faceplate and yelling Warhawk? Well, he's wearing silver eighty sunglasses. Yeah, but that, those cover most of his face. Just oh god, I think I saw like one episode of this as a kid. I remember the one where he's like fishing and they call him in for a mission. And he's like, "Well, geez, I guess I can't fish now," and jumps onto the helicopter. And that's that's when I changed the channel because I'm like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> what happened to the Rambo that was like beating up pick cops and like hunting wild boar and blowing up a small town because they wouldn't let him sleep on the park bench? Where's that Rambo? I don't know. He lives in your dreams, Ben. He lives in your dreams. All a fantasy. It never no, happened. that that was the real Rambo. That it, you've seen First Blood. Well, yeah, but they didn't make that into a cartoon, now did they? I think that Rambo went away as soon as they changed the name of the movie series. It was just like, First Blood Part 3? No, it's going to be Rambo 3. <laughs> that was the one where he was fighting in Afghanistan, and he threw he threw his Rambo knife and went through a helicopter's cock, you know, windshield, threw the guy into the chair, and then the helicopter blew up, his knife flew to the ground, and he picked it up again. Well, yeah, because he's that <laughs> awesome. Suddenly ramming a car into a helicopter doesn't seem so bizarre. Well, it's only because Bruce Willis ran out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, really, oh. Rambo 3 is terrible. He sided with the Taliban. <laughs> no, actually, that's a misconception. But, moving on. Don't defend it. <laughs> no, no. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, we had to talk about... Uh, both RoboCop series, the 80 series is superior because you actually you actually see at the intro Red Foreman, you know, calling calling Murphy a dumbass before killing him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that was pretty intense even for an 80s cartoon. It's like they opened it with a murder. Yeah, they opened it with uh, with Red Foreman saying "you dumbass" and then shooting him. Yeah, no, that really does look like Red Foreman doesn't. That really does look like Red Foreman doesn't it. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Watch it. It does. I, I'm watching it right now. It's just that's red. It's the same the, actor. They, they the bottles the character out of the same actor. It totally is him. Uh, no, it's just. <laughs> I remember this move. I remember this RoboCop cartoon for one thing. It was the lead-in to Dino Riders. And Dino Riders was a badass cartoon that wasn't based on a movie, so it's not part of this discussion today. Well, there was that scene in Jurassic Park where the, they rode a dinosaur, and no. No, it's a, but this Robocop cartoon was so much better than Robocop Alpha Commando. Oh, you mean Robo, Inspector Gadget? 
Oh God, yes, that I mean, cartoon the, was. It, it was Inspector Gadget dressed up as RoboCop. I mean, he had skis, he had skates, he had extendo arms. He, what didn't he have that Inspector Gadget had? He had a theme song with one word. With, with one word. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Robocop, Robocop, Robocop. Yeah. Totally imaginative. Yeah. No, this cartoon actually had, like, really, really out there supervillains. Where, where's, where's, the, where's the dichotomy of, of failing capitalism? Where is that? It's not here. I, I know. It's Actually, I, I enjoy the first Robocop movie for the action, second one for the humor, the third one for the campiness, and that's it. Be where Robocop has the jetpack on and he has to slow down to, to pick up the girls and then and he has the machine gun hand. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the one where he where he blew off the face of the ninja robot. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one that had the weird creepy smile. Yeah. <laughs> the barely contained rage. Yeah. Yeah. The the and you know moving on to uh, Michael Keaton base property Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. That cartoon, I, I, I love the Beetlejuice cartoon, you know, because it did make me laugh, but I was like, didn't, li-? like, from the first time I saw the cartoon, because I saw it after the movie, or just after I saw the movie for the first time, it was like, didn't Lydia hate Beetlejuice? Yes. You know, yeah. and it's they never talked about the you know, never had the you know the, the the secret origin of Beetlejuice, you know, where he like ow. And didn't the father fondle little boys? Oh wait, that was later. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Bueller. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, Howard the Duck. Oh god. That guy's in some terrible movies. Yes, yes he is. And uh Who's your caddy? Wow. <laughs> but no, back back to Beetlejuice. No, Beetlejuice. I love the cartoon, and as a kid, I knew there was like no way in hell I could get this, but I wanted the the his car, the dragster of doom or doomy. What what I hate about the Beatles cartoon is they actually gave him some neighbors and tried to develop them as characters. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. And didn't he technically like wasn't like his house like an apartment building because he shared that place with the spider and the skeleton and the, the French skeleton. It's not yeah. even, even a skeleton. It's a fucking French skeleton. Yeah, and then you had the hairy creature across the street who was like some bad... And his arch nemesis is a clown. Yeah. And he was afraid of sandworms. Sandworms showed up a lot. Hell, didn't they have one episode where a sandworm ended up in the real world? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, this, this cartoon was... <sighs> this cartoon was very enjoyable, but there's no way you can reconcile it with the... With the, with the uh, movie at all but that's okay that's that's totally okay though because you i mean you because could... he did something very unique with it and uh i think that's what that's where it gets the points yes and you remember the awesome cgi animation they used in the neither world commercial scenes oh god that was worse than the you know that was worse dire... than Peace wars it was worse than the dire straits video now it's been a while since i've seen this where it was uh with the gina davis character and the what, what... Who was the other actor? No. Yeah. They weren't in this so at all. They never mentioned those characters ever. Even though they're living in their house. Even though they were the main characters in the movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's totally bizarre. No, they never did that. And uh, here's uh, 
here's a here's a cartoon that's based off of two cartoons based off of two very different movies, two very different cartoons at the same time. Gojira. Oh god. You know, god. I actually like the new cartoon. The I new mean, cartoon was great because they actually did like they the Monsters at War thing was great because they did Mecha Godzilla is the original Godzilla from the movie. Yeah. Corpse just with reanimated parts. Yeah, and yeah. I mean and the plot and it, it it can never be argued that it isn't because they they stole the plot of this cartoon from the 1970s cartoon series, you know, up from the depths. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that cartoon as a kid. I watch it now, and it's like, when did they turn Godzilla into a dragon? <laughs> and I just love the animation. The animation studio, studio that did this cartoon is a great studio. It, it it does this great American Western style that's so unique. I wish this studio did more work. But they did. They did Men in Black. I know. That's an, that's what I mean. I mean more than they already have. I mean they did they did uh. Big Eye and Rusty as well. Oh right, yeah. I just remember this cartoon being so much better than it had any right to be, because I was like, oh, this movie sucks, and I, I heard they were making a cartoon about it. I was like, fuck you people. And then, and then the I cartoon saw it, doesn't suck. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah, and then they gave, uh, like, I mean, they actually had, like, somewhat of an ongoing story arc, because they have the one episode where they, I think it was called Leviathan, where they find, like, this ship, alien ship on the bottom of the ocean. With and then the aliens the, came in with the with the mind control on the on the monsters, right? Yeah. And then they then they gave us like, you know, all was it destroy all monsters. Yeah. Monster War it was called. And then they have they gave us Monster Island. And it's like and like I turn into it every time I watch this cartoon, I turn into a five year old again because I love Godzilla. And this it was, was such it was, a good, it was it was like it was like the Westerners doing Toji right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's they, they can't be said like this is like one of the very few movie cartoons that's actually good. It's it's like it's like the it's like they look at the steaming pile of the movie on their laps and say, okay, we have to make we have to work from this. We have to do better. No, but the thing is, is they actually kept with the continuity of yeah. the movie. Well, yeah. you have to admit that the bar was already really low, so they they couldn't really do worse. Well, you know, well, they could have, but they chose not to. But speaking of another movie, which I think a cartoon that's better than the movie, same studio, Men in Black. Yeah. I love this cartoon so much. The humor was so good. I mean, first thing you can't, you got to talk about is the intro. The intro is like one of the best things about it. Yeah, the intro is like so awesome. Oh yeah, this intro is great. Is yeah, and the best thing about the intro is is the animation. You know, it's different design from the actual series animation, but it's just the music and the way it all comes together. Actually, season one is, was season one were redesigned. Season two, they did a slight redesign. Yeah, and really, what what they did great was they had uh, they had an episode in one season where they they went to Hollywood. And the worms tag along too because the worms wanted to be movie stars. And what happened was uh, the worms pitched Men in Black as a movie. And then and then uh, Jay said, "Oh hell nah." <laughs> no, actually, yeah, they showed the preview for, it and they actually had 
they they drew K and J to look like Tommy Lee Jones and uh, and Will Smith. It's like Agent Smith and Agent Jones aren't normal peacekeepers. They're men in black. Yeah, and then they got the spaceship from Independence Day hanging over New York City. And then they actually told the voice actors to sound like Smith and and yeah. Uh, yeah and Jones. And then, and the, yeah, and then the worms show up and they look like a cross between Rambo and the Ninja Turtles. Actually, the funny thing is, in the second Men in Black live action movie, they dress like that. Oh God! Ugh. No, they actually do. No, I I remember. I just didn't want to. You didn't you didn't make that correlation before, did you? No, no, I didn't. So the people who who made the second movie watched the cartoon, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, I just I just love hints like that. And what I loved was my favorite character was the L character. Because she had this calm beauty about her, you know. She her, she was voiced by the woman who played Kess from uh, from Star Trek Voyager, but she did such a great job doing that voice, that calm, collected, cool beauty voice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that that kind of smoky sound. Yeah, and you know what pissed me off was the last season. She went, she didn't sign on to the last season, so they decided the best way to hide that they're going to do a new voice to actress for her was they decided that the best way to hide it was rewrite her character to be really really bitchy and make her like sound angry all the time yeah thinking oh if we did this they wouldn't catch on i caught on yeah and then they give her like some uh they they gave her like this agent x or whatever like this alien men in black yeah and it, what they did was they changed it to where they changed it to where she was no longer going to work in the lab she was going to be a field agent and they, they, all... they they gave they gave the role to the to the scientist lab agent to a total jar jar of an alien oh yeah no, it's uh, one of the great one of the great things about this cartoon though was there's this one recurring villain who was great. Alpha. Alpha. Fucking Alpha. Yeah. No, I, I love the fact that it's just and they got it was a David Warner voice. It was David thing. Warner. Fuck yeah. And uh, Alpha was basically one of the first original Men in Black agents who decides to use alien biology to improve himself, and actually, it is as horrifying as it sounds. He grafts onto his body. Oh, I know. It's like one of the most disgusting things in this show, but it looks so awesome at the same time. Yeah. I love the fact they brought in Jeeves, and I think they actually got Tony Shalhoub to voice him. With Jeeves, actually, with Jeeves, actually, you know, the thing is this. In the other cartoon, they're like, oh, you can't can't blow his head off. And in this cartoon, it's like, we're gonna blow his head off every episode. Yeah, it grows back, so it's cool. Yeah, no, that was, like, Men in Black, they had so many great things, you know, like, they did the movie right. This is, you know, like Godzilla, they actually gave more than half a shit about they, the they quality of the They made it better than the movie. Yeah. And what I loved was they actually did a, they actually did a flashback of a movie scene, because when they, when they were talking about the, when they had the bugs coming to Earth to try oh, yeah. to collect yeah. a bounty on Let's... K and J, they did a flashback scene showing how they killed... The, the the Edgar. The, oh, that's the other thing about the show. Anytime a bug showed up, they actually got Vincent D'Onofrio back to do the, do the voice. Yeah, and like I said, they actually did a flashback showing in cartoon style what happened. And they showed they showed K and J cleaning up all the gunk on them, and then the Edgar trying to tag it from behind, and it shows L blasting it. It's in the cartoon style, and it's beautiful. And then, yeah. Because you never really have that where they actually recreate a scene from the movie in the cartoon. No, I mean, they didn't even do that in the Godzilla show. Yeah. 
as as much as they actually followed the cartoon or followed the movie continuity. So yeah, now this was actually a really good cartoon, and I enjoyed watching it. One thing I do have to say is this animation studio did a great job, and uh, I love. I just love the character Elle because she had a real sexy design too. You know, with the no, skirt and all that, yeah. The, the, yeah, and see, that was what kind of pissed me off. I think it was like third season, or all of a sudden, the first third season, he's like, I'm sick of being in the lab. I want to be in the field where I could possibly die. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, did you catch on? It was different voice actors too. Oh, yeah. And she just sounded like a complete bitch. I know. It's like, yeah, you just, can't hide it by being a bitch. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just, it's not going to make the product any better. Oh, one thing, season two had a great episode that was totally a call out to Fantastic Four. JT doesn't want to talk about. Yeah, I know the one where the Agent K is the thing. Yeah. Uh, J is Spider-Man. Well, actually more like the Flash. No, he had like super agility and stuff. Yeah, no, but he was he he ran after a fucking train and caught up to it. Yeah. What did L have? I can't remember. Telekinesis, and she could blow shit up with her mind. Oh, so she was Firestarter. Yeah. Or Marvel Girl, one of the two. It was a great episode because it was it was totally yeah we're doing Fantastic Four, bitch, enjoy it. Yeah. No, I think one of my favorite episodes was it was first season where. Uh, Jay had to go undercover as the bodyguard of this alien ambassador at some. And they shrunk him. No, they put him inside this suit, and it has one of my favorite scenes where he was like, "My bodyguard tastes my food before I eat it." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "Hey, it tastes kind of nutty." And Jay's like, "Nutty? That's poison." And Jay's just like, "Oh God!" Or Kay. And Jay's like, "Oh God, I'm poison. Give me the antidote." It's like it's only poisonous to aliens. Oh, but it's just one of the best scenes in that episode. I think one of the best parts of the series overall was the, you see the relationship grow and change between K and J, you know, cause it comes right off the movie where he's still this loud mouth. He's still, he's still slick. Living. Well, yeah, but uh, they had the one episode where Jay screwed up and he went back to sport and sparky. And he's like, what happened to slick? And Jay's like, or K's like, you have to earn that. What I love is the one where they went back into the past in the old West and, uh, and, and uh, Jay gave the uh, wimpy sheriff some tips, and then the ghost town they were in turned to be a thriving city. Yeah, and they found a statue, and they found that the the uh, that the uh, wimpy sheriff, who was now a badass sheriff, his uh, his nickname was Slick. Yeah, well, just when they go back there, and uh, Jay like or Kay tugs on his tie, and his suit changes into western wear, and, and Jay's like, "What? Well, why don't I have that?" It's like you got to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> he walks in, everyone thinks he's a mortician. Yeah. Uh, that was a great episode. Yeah, yeah. Serious. Men in Black, Men in Black knew what it was doing, and we could talk about Men in Black for a whole show, which we will probably do well in the future, so we should move on. Yeah. To Teen Wolf. I don't remember this cartoon at all. I, I imagine Neil. I remember it for the theme song. <laughs> Good morning, Scotty. It's fun being different if you have a attitude. Only my friends Boop and Styles know my hairy secret. I'm feeling hairy and my teeth are mean. I got a weird complexion and I, I want to smile. I didn't even know there was a cartoon of this, honestly. 
I, I, I only threw it in the list just, just for funny because uh, he brought up the Back to the Future cartoon. I'm like, I was like, oh yeah, Teen Wolf. <laughs> Which, by the way, the movie was also kind of... I, I heard that the movie was shelved and then it was only brought up because Back to the Future was a big hit. Yeah, Teen Wolf was a terrible movie. I don't know why they made Teen Wolf 2. Because <laughs> they were milking it. Yeah. Those others were giving out dust. They didn't even get Michael J. Fox for that one. They had... Uh... It was his cousin. No, it was... Uh... No, the character's cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jason but... Bateman. Yeah, that's who it was. And the original Teen Wolf is noteworthy for one thing, and it's the guy who has his pants unzipped during the final scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and this is like the Beetlejuice cartoon where they pretty much completely changed the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of the, the Teen Wolf movie sequel, it's Teen Wolf 2, but it's not T-W-O. It's T-O-O. Like, I'm a Teen Wolf as well. Yeah. Teen Wolf also. Yeah. And then, I mean, the cartoon, I mean, uh, there was that show Big Wolf on campus that pretty much ripped off the plot of the that cartoon. That, that, that cartoon, that's not even a cartoon. That's a TV show that's almost a cartoon. That cartoon, that TV show's worse. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean, like, Teen Wolf, I mean, like, the first movie, it's like, there's this guy that turns, he's a werewolf, and, you know, instead of the government descending on the town and then taking him away and studying him and, you know, werewolves exist, everyone's just like, huh. In the cartoon, it's, the town's obsessed with werewolves and werewolf lore and myth, and the, his entire family, all of a sudden he's got a mom and a sister and creepy Romanian grandparents. Not that there's anything wrong with Romanian grandparents, I'm just saying. <laughs> I never drink wine yeah i love the fact that what did is like i remember seeing this a couple of times as a kid and that's i had seen it after the movie and i was like he didn't have a mom or a baby sister and well he might have had grandparents but we never met them <laughs> like, let's, let's just let's just put that under this cartoon that's terrible it should die in a ditch yeah i could do that I don't think it's ever come back in syndication. I don't think it's ever been released. You know what other cartoon could go die in a ditch, Ben? What? Jumanji. Oh. The designs on this cartoon look like it was done by a Picasso after his hands were crushed. That's fair. I think you've just described Picasso. Ooh. Ooh. Prepare <laughs> for the hate mail. <laughs> yeah, Neil Burns, an artist that everyone loves. You know what? I like Picasso's really early work. You know, really early work. Before he started doing shit. Yeah. Back when he's like sketching the human figure and stuff, not like drawing something that looks like it was drawn like it was flattened by a hammer. That looks like he took a shit on a piece of canvas. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know Ben's not a huge fan of like, or you're a huge fan of like having cartoon characters actually look human. And that was probably the major problem with this thing is like everyone looks distorted in some way. Yeah, and they they and, and the thing is this: whoever was voicing uh, the uh, uh, the shoot the like, well, that was the guy that voiced uh, Broadway on Gargoyles. I know, but he was doing it really creepy because really? you have this you have like this man child hanging out with other children. And he lives in like a treehouse, and that in itself is kind of creepy. But he, the way he voiced the character like takes it all the way to the FBI. So yeah. it wasn't like Dan Castellaneta doing the voice, it was someone else. Yeah. 
No, it was, I don't know the name of the guy, but it was the guy that voiced the uh, Broadway, like the fat gargoyle on Gargoyles. Uh, that that was the first thing I noticed about this cartoon. The second being the design of Alan, like the Robin Williams character. All of a sudden, he's like this huge buff wrestler. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, like I said, the way he's voiced, just the the just the cadence and the way that he talked, and you know they're trying to make him sound like a man child. Which okay, they did that that in the movie a little bit, but not quite as bad as this, because in the movie he pretty much said I had a guy hunt trying to shoot my head off for for 30 years and so you know he he was he was a little bit immature because because you know he he never really interacted with other people other than the guy trying to shoot his head off but uh but like yeah. i said they it just totally you know the man child thing was so overblown in the cartoon that he came off as creepy yeah and didn't they like turn the boy into like a different animal human hybrid every episode yeah they they made they made him the uh the butt monkey of the cartoon Hmm, a butt monkey in a cartoon based on a jungle movie. No, no, butt monkey is a, is a is is a weedonism. I know, I was making a joke. Okay. But yeah, no, no this one just again, the only reason I ever watched this cartoon is cuz it was the lead into the Incredible Hulk cartoon on UPN, which is another sin against it. It was on UPN. Okay, so why did you watch shit to get to shit? Cuz <laughs> it was Sunday morning and these were the only cartoons on at that time. I would watch golf. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would go out and play. I didn't. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Emerging from the dark humor that was the Beast Unleashed podcast, Steve Megatron, TFG and Mike, Pecan Court Michael, and the Cybertronian correspondent, Optimus Solo, move on to Transformers Animated with Transformation Animation Podcast. 20 episodes covering all three seasons of the cartoon, the books, and the awesome toy line. We'll also have cast and crew interviews, so get tapped with GCRN's next Transformers franchise podcast. Transformation Animation Podcast, available on iTunes, and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Get your tap on. Decepticons, transform and rise up. Let's, let's move on to uh, something that's most excellent. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Yeah. Which actually had voicing in the first season. Bill S. Preston Esquire. <laughs> and Ted Theodore Logan. And Rufus! I had been selected for a most important journey. I was to help fulfill the destiny of the two great ones, Bill and Ted. Wild Stallions rule! Whenever time stands still and trouble moves too fast, to save the future, we must learn about the past. Whoa! That was like the whole, like, that was the whole Ted. selling point of the cartoon for the first season. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I loved the movie, and for a few different reasons, and chief among them is it was my introduction to George Carlin. Like, I like this guy. He's kind of funny. What else has he done? Mr. Conductor. Yeah, which I didn't find out about Mr. Conductor until I had listened to a few of his albums, and I was like, this just seems wrong for some reason. <laughs> He was actually really good. It's a, oh, no, no, he was great in the show. I'm you know, it's really funny to me is around the same time as the cartoon was another little, was you know, they were they were squeezing the left teeth a little bit and they got the other thing out. There was a live-action TV series. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 
See, I had I had just about forgotten about that Ben. And you had to do that. <laughs> there, the I only saw one episode. It's the one where they they taught Elvis how to rock. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it also a Fox series? Yes. Yeah, that that's well, back when Fox was just buying everything. And I remember, like, I love the cartoon, and I stopped watching when the second season started. Not because I didn't love Bill and Ted anymore. It's well, and not because you know they didn't get the I, real voices anymore. No, it was the fact that they just kind of messed with the format because, hey, we can make it better. Didn't they make it, like, educational or something? Yeah. Well, no, they yeah. got the they gave the phone booth the ability to travel into stories and stuff. No, like actually, that. I remember oh, one oh. where they travel into the body of their of their gym teacher and, and got him to stop eating candy. Yeah. So, that. wait, it, it became the magic school bus? Yes. Yes, yes it did. See, there's, there's a good reason for that because the first season was done by... Hanna Barbera, and then the second season inexplicably was done by Deke. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know they, how they that were happened. real Deeks with that series. Yeah, that's that's when uh, Deke was doing very bad shit. Yeah, yeah, but uh, there you go. There's there's some of that live action badness for you, JT. <laughs> because apparently you, you you have no. This is something you actually have to see to believe. Okay. What uh, the fuck. Okay. <laughs> Well, JT you know, is, is what, what you need to do is get a clip of Spada going "fuck you" and add it right here because no one says it better. Actually, you were pretty good when you said, "Hold on a minute, Ben. Uh, did you just say Uncle Owen?" Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh god. And speaking oh, about I'm merchandising, oh, god. make it stop. Make it stop. Speaking about merchandising, merchandising, I have to bring up Spaceballs the cartoon. This cartoon fucking sucks. <laughs> I love Mel Brooks, and Mel Brooks produced this this turd. It. How is this even made? I mean, did he just find the biggest bargain basement studio that existed? Did he just farm it out to that? Pretty much, I would yes. imagine. I'm looking. I'm looking at the intro to this right now, and I just want to gouge my eyes out. They actually got uh, Bill Pullman because you know he's so busy and so hard to get him. Like, what are you doing, Bill? Nothing. Do my cartoon. Okay. And they got what's her name from Growing Pains back. Daphne Zaniga. Yeah. She was in Growing Pains. Wasn't she? I don't think so. What? What? What, what show, show was she in? I don't remember. I don't. I think it was Growing Pains. Let me let me wiki it. No, I'm just looking at this. That is like some of the worst animation I've ever seen. It really is. It's it's almost like Gadget Boy. Oh, oh God. God. Family don't, don't... Ties. Pardon me. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh wow. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was one of uh, Michael J. Fox's girlfriends, right? Yeah, and they didn't actually get. I'm looking at the wiki on this. Bill Pullman didn't voice Lone Star. It was uh, the voice of. The Crap Man. Oh, God, it was... Oh, Reno Romano. And D-Dat... No, I love the guy, but this is a black mark against him. D-Bradley Baker voiced uh, Dark, Dark Helmet. Well, Rick Moranis stopped acting altogether after A Death in the Family. Yeah, and I heard there was rumors he wants to... He, he might come out of his self-imposed retirement if they ever do Ghostbusters 3, so... Yeah, but the thing is... A uh, dark helmet was supposed to be like a little Jewish guy doing that, doing that big voice. And if you get a guy with a deep voice doing dark helmet, it kind of well, actually, Reno Romano sucked as Batman. Yeah, he was terrible. He was to, to put it, to put it in in perspective. You know what voice he did before that? What 
Spider-Man. Yeah, he was on the Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah, so... Did did I make your brain crap itself, Neil? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, he was... It it wasn't good mojo. And, yeah, Spaceballs, the cartoon, was terrible. And moving on... uh, I'm going to do them all three together. All three together. There was a time... You might not believe it, listeners, but there was a time when people thought Jim Carrey was a god amongst men. <laughs> yeah, he was making more money. Just he was making more money saying "Oh, really?" than most nations. <laughs> or like a glove. And he made three movies that I would argue only two of them were good. Only one of them I would watch more than once. And they're all cartoons. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask. Well, two of them crossed over. Yes, Ace Ventura and The Mask crossed over. And those are the ones that were good. Those were the ones where the movies were good, and I would only watch The Mask again, only for the Cuban Pete part. After that, I would turn it off. Uh, the, The interesting thing is all three of them had terrible people doing the Jim character character voice, and only The Mask had it the right person doing it. Oh, uh, yes. Rob, Rob the Ma- they got Rob Paulson and they told him, okay, you know how Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura have these people imitating Jim Carrey? Don't do that. Do whatever the fuck you want. Because yeah. you're Rob, Rob Paulson, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were Raphael, man. <laughs> you were Pinky. And, yeah, that's why the Mask cartoon is the one that's the most... Well, well, there is one other reason why the mask cartoon was awesome. Are you going to bring up the mutant fish? No. Thank you. Tim Curry. Was he the evil brain or the evil he head? Dr. Pretorius, the man with the robo head. Oh, God damn it. And the one character I didn't think, because I read the original mask comics, which were incredibly violent. In the mask comics, everyone who ever wore the mask dies a horrible death, and they don't call him the mask, they call him the big head man. Yeah, well, big head. And they don't always die. Some of them, they either get really fucked up, or they are made better for the experience, very rarely. But no, like, one of the characters in the comics that I didn't think they were going to bring in was Walter, who's like this big monolithic, you know, Frankenstein type guy. He cannot wear the mask because he has no id. Yeah, he's got no personality, basically. And then the cartoon, well, I mean, in the He's basically this huge hunk of a man who's pretty much brain dead in the comics, but in the cartoon, they literally make him Frankenstein. I mean, he's even got bolts sticking out of his neck. Well, he was born on a Monday. He is not Solomon goddamn Grundy. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. No, no. You do not touch one of my... No. No, Ben. on a Tuesday. Put it down, Ben. (laughs) Down. (laughs) You do not touch Solomon Grundy. But no. Solomon Grundy wanted to touch it. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the problem I have with the mask cartoon is the production value. It didn't have any. The animation was sadly caca. It was shit. It was terrible. It was it was Acom bad. I don't think it was that bad. It's better than Dumb and Dumber. It's better than Ace Ventura, but it was still I shit. S- I still can't believe it. Okay, I mean... It, it, I don't think it's as bad as you make it out to be. I think it's certainly... Okay, let me put it this way. Subjectively, against Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura, the animation is like five-star. 
compared to Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura, it's goddamn Looney Tunes. But compared to Looney Tunes, it was shit. And that's the thing. When you do a character like The Mask, you want to have Looney Tunes animation, you know? Not this. Bargain base and animation. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. I, I don't think it's as bad as you make it out to be. I, I, but yeah, out of the three cartoons, I mean, the Ace Ventura was funny. Like, I love the first Ace Ventura movie. I watched that, you know, at least once a year. It is one of my favorite Jim Carrey films. The same with The Mask. Dumb and Dumber. Eh. Shit. The cartoon, yeah. The movie, I mean, it's funny, but I don't watch that hardly ever. You know, and then they made a prequel, which totally wasn't needed. And Harry met Lloyd. Yeah, and now they're making a sequel, apparently. Well, Jim Carrey but, ran out of money after he did movies about being a serial killer. No, he's still, he's still got money. I mean, Jeff Daniels has got nothing nowadays. I mean, what has he done? But, no, I mean, the cart- I remember seeing a few episodes of the Dumb and Dumber cartoon, and it was just like, it was like Dexter's Lab-style character designs. With shit animation. With shit, an- yeah, shit animation. And, and, they, uh, and, they, and, they, and they have a pet beaver. Really? Hilarity. Yeah, it looks I, like it looks like the, it looks like one of the beavers from Angry Beavers. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I barely really. The only thing I remember of the cartoon is like one episode where uh, Harry got shrunk down to like so small that he could ride around on a dragonfly or something. You know, it's just they just try to take okay, these guys are dumb and they mosey from town to town and you know invariably fuck things up and move on to their next escapade. I mean. At least Ace Ventura kept it within the... I know, but the guy who was doing that Jim Carrey imitation... I mean, they when they did the crossover episode with The Mask, and you had you had him doing the bad overblow Jim Carrey, and then you have, and then you have Rob Paulson doing, doing this perfect delivery, it's like, oh my god, it's like, here's quality, here's yeah. shit. And, you know, speaking of shit, I mean, in that crossover, the, the ma- this, this was the stupidest thing, though. In the Ace Ventura... And, 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 what bugged me is this. Both cartoons have completely different design theories behind them. Yeah. And, yeah, and Neil, find a clip from that cartoon and put it as an image on the post. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, they had the one scene where Ace gets the mask, and for some reason he sits on it and his ass starts talking. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> like, literally, like, there's Ace Ventura's head on his neck, and then... All of a sudden, the mask turns into Ace's, turns Ace's ass into Ace's head, and it's talking back to him. I was like, okay, it was funny the one time in the movie. It's not funny as a repeat gag. Was that in the movie? No, it's just like an Ace Ventura where he bends over and he's like, "Thank you for the cooperation." <laughs> you know, oh they, my god, they referenced they, that joke. But they tried to make it better, and it didn't work. <laughs> Of course you know, it didn't work. That wasn't a good joke to begin with. Yeah, but was f- the only funny thing about that is when Stanley gets the mask back and he turns into the mask again, first thing he does is he runs screaming for the bathroom, I know where it's been, I know where it's been. Oh my god, no. <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened, man. You know what, that was referring to that other Ace Ventura joke. Which one was that? When they found out John Young's character... Oh, right, right. The and cry. they start playing the Cry Game song. Oh, no, God. That, like, I love the, I loved the, I loved the mask cartoon. Ace Ventura was, eh, all right, Dumb and Dumber, shite. And uh, let's talk about, let's talk about a little cartoon based off of, uh, the same people who did Ghostbusters did a movie that was 
pretty funny. It didn't turn into a mega franchise like Ghostbusters, but I enjoyed this movie. Star Dan Aykroyd, David Duchovny, Evolution. Ah. Where they defeated this rapidly mutating organism with head and shoulders shampoo. And the uh, Orlando Jones suppository. Okay. What, what I love, what I love, had to be said because that's exactly they, they killed. They killed this evil pterodactyl creature with a with shotguns in the mall, and then they're driving in victory, and they're singing sing, "Play That Funky Music, White Boy." This movie is hilarious. Yeah, and 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 the cartoon is shit. Yeah, because they made this cartoon called Alienators. The animation is shit. The stories were shit. The designs were shit because they all have like these jumpsuits. Oh, it's color coded, you know, because they're a team. Oh, what I love is they they uh, they actually and did they, the, they the... actually did they actually turned one of the members of the team into the butt monkey, and he transforms every episode. Yeah, and they turned a fire engine into the Ecto One. Yeah, yeah, they did. And they had a what is it? Uh, what's the? They had like that little alien, three eyed alien slug thing that was like their mascot. That yeah, that was their Slimer. Yeah, there's Slimer, and he would fart every time uh, some new outbreak of the alien strain was near. Yeah, it was it was a shit cartoon. Yeah. It was total shit. And uh, let's move on to the next one. You know, we mentioned the bad property made based off of a uh, Dan Aykroyd property. Now we have to talk about the good one. A oh, yeah. uh, little funny story is, uh, see, when uh, when they when the Harold Ramis and uh, Dan Aykroyd were working on the movie Ghostbusters, they didn't sell on a name until very near the end. And see, they didn't know because they didn't they don't watch uh, shitty television. Shit. Yeah, they didn't know that uh, that Lou uh, Scheimer Scheimer had this shitty live action show with a guy in a in a gorilla suit carrying a net called Ghostbusters. So they named the movie Ghostbusters because it sounded better than Ghostmasters, which was the second pick. So what happened was, uh, you know, Columbia Pictures got a call from Lou Scheimer. Lou Scheimer says, I'm pissed off, damn it. I came up with Ghostbusters first. And, and Columbia's like, but yours sucks. Look, we'll make a deal. Our movie's still going to be called Ghostbusters. But, but we can't have a cartoon just called Ghostbusters about these Ghostbusters. And Lou Scheimer's like, well, okay, I have an animation studio. I'll make a cartoon about Ghostbusters. You do that. And then, and then Columbia's like, okay, we need to make a cartoon about Ghostbusters, but we can't call it Ghostbusters because Lou Schreiber's going to have a fit. So we're going to call yeah. it the real Ghostbusters bitch, but then legal told them they had to take the bitch off. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, no, but I, what I really love about that is Lou Schreiber was so slimy that instead of just outright prohibiting them from using the name they just he just went wait i could capitalize off this movie by just making a cartoon of my own property and it didn't work <laughs> because like i said columbia is like we can't use the name just ghostbusters so we'll call it the real ghostbusters <laughs> yeah, it would have been funny if they had ever done an episode where there was like some rival operation that was like they did a thin, did it look anything like no, the other? No, no, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't them, but they did a rival organization episode. Wasn't, or was that the? Oh, that was the one where that guy was like romancing Janine, and he was like stealing the designs. Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. And speaking no. of speaking of this cartoon, this cartoon was great because, like I said, they didn't try to make the characters look like Harold Ramis and stuff. They like they like took basic hints of their personalities and like caricaturized them. Yeah. 
Like, Ray becomes a man-child. Venkman's Venkman. Yeah, and what I, what I love is this. It's uh, As everyone knows, Lorenzo Music was the original Peter Venkman. Yeah. And, and then many years later, Lorenzo Music says, hey, why do I sound like Peter Venkman when, when he saw Garfield? Yeah. No, I... Because they didn't even really characterize the characters. I mean, you know, Winston, Egon, and Peter were pretty much the same as the movie. Actually, Maybe. actually, they developed Winston a lot. They made him a fan of detective novels, which he never had a hint of in the movies. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they did character development. But, I mean, as far as, like, transferring from the movies, the only one they really did anything to was Ray, who becomes even more of a man-child in the cartoon. <laughs> I know. They made him, they made him pudgy and... Uh... Yeah, give him the Fred Jones voice. And they made him. They made him team up with Slimer a lot. Oh, I love the like they had the episode where, uh, you know, they come back after defeating Gozer, and I, I love. I you love the one where they explain why they wear new color uniforms because yeah. their old uniforms were got possessed by the by the slime. Well, yeah, because well, there was the leak in the react in the containment unit, but I just love the scene in that episode where Ray's like got like a chocolate bar or something. He's like going, he's trying to tame. So I was like, come on. Come on, boy. You know, and it's just like, he's the only one that would try that. <laughs> and I love, I love that, like, they had, they did a Call of Cthulhu episode. They did a... Collect Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. And they, they did, a, they did a, they did a, a Bermuda Triangle episode. One of my favorite episodes is the one where they're in Hollywood fighting ghosts. And, oh, uh, and, and Egon reprograms the PKE meteor to summon the ghosts of Hollywood heroes to fight the evil ghosts. Uh, I, I'm I mean, sorry, I, I enjoyed that as a kid, Neil. God damn it, it's the ghost of well, John no, Wayne. They uh, they take their uh, proton packs off, and then these grunts come in and take the real po- proton packs away, and when the guys come back, they take the fake ones. And they end that episode with like the establishing shot from the first film of outside the New York City library. I think my favorite episode in the series was the one where Walter Peck came back for revenge. Oh my god. Well, no, it's because William Atherton is a great actor, and I love the way he plays Peck. Like, this guy is, like, douchebag. You, you, you know what he loves? He loves it. He, he, there's people to this day that that see him walk down the street and shout, Hey, hey Peckhead! Yeah, yes, this man has no dick. <laughs> but, no, it's just, I, I mean, I love the episode because it's like Peck came back, and he's, like, the only, you know, quote-unquote human villain that they ever really had that mattered, in my opinion. And, you know, he sticks Slimer in, like, a cyclotron and, like, basically breaks him down. And even Peter had to admit, it's like, oh, I really did like the spud. Then he came back and slimes him, and it's like, it's on now. So, <laughs> but no, I just love that episode because, I mean, I always wondered watching the movie because, you know, right at the end there, you Peck comes to the scene. I wish they would have had, like, even 30 seconds of dialogue of him raving how he's going to get revenge or something. And then he looks up, and there's, like, shit ton of melted marshmallow just lands on the guy that was actually shaving cream i know but in the movie okay uh really it's i love this cartoon because it had such great animation the sad thing is the last seasons the animation really suffered and yeah. the last season itself was slimer and the real ghostbusters and the slimer sections were like really cartoonized and terrible yeah, yeah. what i hated was slimer had his own villain that was also a ghost hunter uh, Doctor Frank. Was yeah, it? and his design was all cartoony, and they actually had an episode of just the regular Ghostbusters where he shows up, still in that cartoony design. I'm like, fail. Yeah. 
Now, I mean, the one of the best things about the show, and this is, you know, going back to like the Men in Black, this has like one of the best animated intros of any cartoon series I've ever seen. This this has infected the soul of Ghostbusters to the point where in the Ghostbusters, the video game, they had the cartoon PKE meter sitting on a table. In one of the promos for the cart for the video game, they had they had they actually had the people making the video game do this little section where they had the the live action real Ghostbusters in the video game doing the end credit stance. Oh yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, this is win. <laughs> and this, yeah. like I said, the cartoon has infected the soul of Ghostbusters to where. In the video game, they actually had they actually named Slimer Slimer, yeah, and they and they hinted at that Peter's uh, Peter hating Slimer because when Slimer escapes the containment cell he was in, you had Peter Venkman shouting, "No, wait, come back!" <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I love the thing, just them like you know strolling down the street and they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" They wipe out. No, I mean this is like one of the best cartoons that I've ever seen. I mean, it's not just my love for Ghostbusters. I really do think it's one of the most well done. And yeah, yeah they even go back in a few episodes. and They reference. actually did an episode in, in the real Ghostbusters where they had Venkman use mood slime. Yeah. It's like, cause they never mention, well, even that episode where they go back and their old suits get possessed by, you know, ghost residue, you know, the, the firehouse doesn't have like this crater, in the middle of it, you know, from where the containment unit exploded. You remember last year when we battled Vigo, the Carpathian, it's just like, eh, another day on the job. (laughs) And I think, what was the one? And just the fact that I think it was like second or third season, they brought Lewis back as a recurring character. Yeah, they did. Oh, that reminds me. Do you remember, uh, see, in the first season, they changed Janine's design after the first season because her glasses scared children or some other bullshit. And the thing is this, they actually explained the change. In an yeah, episode, they... and I hate that episode. Oh, the one with the fairy godmother. Yes. Yeah, that, that wasn't. The... I like the one. One of my favorite episodes, like my all-time favorite episode, was the Sandman episode from the first season. That was a great episode. I know. I just like Judy's dream is ah, a Ghostbuster. I thought that was awesome as a kid. My favorite, I think, just because Lewis, because I really did like the Lewis character in the movie. Like I was, a, I'm a huge Rick Moranis fan was, I can't remember the name of the episode, it's uh, something happens that the Ghostbusters all get the ghost pimples or something, they're all eating these, like, possessed potato chips, and this doctor comes in, and, you know, it's just this huge Machiavellian scheme for this ghost to, like, you know, open the containment unit and let all the other ghosts free, and it's down to, like, Slimer, Lewis, and Janine, and Lewis mans up, and, you know, he throws on the suit, and he's got the proton pack, and I was just like, fuck yeah. Like that all-time favorite episode. What I love was uh, there was an episode. I'm trying to remember the specifics of it, but there was this episode where they, uh, where the Ghostbusters had to they go to Japan. Oh yeah, Japan. <laughs> and all I remember is they tried to make everything like super duper futuristic because this is back when Japan was still the shit. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah, well, another episode I remember is the one where it turns out that Ray inherited a Scottish castle that was haunted. <laughs> oh, Wasn't this God. the plot of a Scooby-Doo episode? <laughs> I remember this because you know what Ray did? Ray took like all these dumpsters from the nearby Scottish town and turned them into giant ghost traps. Yeah. 
and he and he like trapped an entire Scottish ghost army with him. Yeah, and sadly they referenced that in the sequel series, which technically is in continuity. Actually, that series only has two episodes. <laughs> the ones where the actual Ghostbusters come back. Yeah, because actually these episodes are great because the the, the new ethnic Ghostbusters are are like feeling bad because these forty year old Ghostbusters that were the original ones still kick their ass. Yeah, and then the the I, I love you know extreme Ghostbusters stupidest intro ever, and that that is without a doubt the worst cover of the classic theme song. No, that I've no, ever it's heard. it's better than the Ghostbusters rap. Yeah, are you talking about Run DMC? Yes. Too. And that movie doesn't. I'll, I'll give that to you, Ben. Not not the not the cast. You know, doubt on you know Run DMC, but yeah, that was not a good song at all. And actually, what I liked about the Extreme Ghostbusters episode where they had the the real Ghostbusters show up, they actually had the black one say, "No, they're the real Ghostbusters." It's like yeah. fuck yeah, and they yeah, actually fuck you, Lou Shimer. And they actually have they they actually have the original Ghostbusters, you know, forty years old, aging. They capture a ghost from a from a bowling tournament, and they come back. and And uh, Peter Vakeman says, "We came, we saw, we bowled." <laughs> yeah, I what I loved about that two part it was a two part episode, I believe. Yes. was the fact that they actually get like a kind of a gozer level threat going on, which was awesome, and. I wish they would have made toys for the original toy line out of they turned you know a garbage truck into a giant ghost trap and then they have like that old 1940s Ford truck with like a giant ass proton cannon on the back. And I was like, I those want are those toys, toys, bitch. Yeah, but I wanted those toys. <laughs> and now we have to talk about another bad one again. We have to talk oh. about Police Academy, the cartoon. Oh boy. Oh man. <laughs> what I remember is, uh, I remember very little about this cartoon, but uh, what I remember is they, you know, the character based off of the, uh, what's the name of that voice actor that was, that was an actor in the second Police Academy movie, the one that's known for his really, really high voice, like, what's his name? Oh, Officer Jones. Yeah, no, not him. No, him. It's the guy. It's a. Uh... Oh, Bobcat Goldthwait? Yeah, Bobcat, yeah. They couldn't hire Bobcat for this shitty cartoon, so they they hired this guy that had like this really weird accent with a lisp. Yeah, and they made him like this crazy man. Yeah, but he had this really bad lisp, but he talked like this. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't even get the guy who does the sound effects to to, to come back. No, they just hired some guy to do the voice, and then whenever he did the sound effect, it was like literally a stuff sound effect. Talk. Yeah. No, it's it's a sad sign that this cartoon couldn't even hire voice actors who were the actors in the movie. What I love about that character is that he would just open his mouth and like a train sound would happen, or like yeah, he would he would be the the uh, the siren on the car. Yeah. No, th- th- this cartoon was bullshit. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember watching this cartoon and loving it as a kid. Like my favorite, I don't know about you guys, my favorite member of Police Academy. Was Tackleberry? Was that the guy was that pro- was a gun nut? Yeah, he was like the the Rambo s type guy, and I loved the way they did his character in the cartoon because basically this guy was so badass in the cartoon that he didn't use a gun. No, he used a goddamn bazooka, and he could actually ricochet bazooka shells, <laughs> you know, off shit like a sharpshooter. <laughs> I loved that. I loved it. But but this cartoon was shit. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> 
It's just what the hell. I remember the, the toy. They had toys for this cartoon series. Oh, I yeah. remember. I remember the, the the sound effects officer. I forgot his name. Yeah. I remember the sound effects officer had this like karate thing going on, and he actually had like a karate backpack as a toy that he actually yeah. used as a weapon in the cartoon. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Then they have like some episode where he got the Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, I remember that very. <laughs> this, this hurts <laughs> remembering. I. I Oh, this hurts. I, I, I remember this. I, I don't know why, but I do. Because and, it was so uh, unbelievable that, you know, the, like Neil always says is, we don't look for toy accuracy. This was toy accuracy. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think the, the action figures were based off the cartoon designs, but I think, yeah, they did migrate the, the toys, some of the toy features back into the cartoon. And that's it's, not, it's not really a toy accuracy issue. It's it's sensationalizing the functionality of the toy. Yeah. No, it's just... Oh, you don't, God. You don't do that. They never did that in Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's... Well, you know what? It's hard to sell unlicensed uh, particle accelerators to children. Well, what I meant was, if you look at the, <laughs> if you look at the Ghostbuster toy line, they very... You never rare... had the Gars Man that turned into a giant spider, I know. Yeah. No, he turned into a dragonfly. I had that figure. So did I. I, I. I just didn't play with it for so long. I even had I even had the fucking uh, firehouse somewhere and Ecto one and Ecto two. Uh, and they also, see, did, always, sorry. they also did some bad some bad variations on the actual Ghostbusters characters in the toy line that thankfully you know what, you know never migrated about into the the, the, the uh, Ghostbusters cartoon. Moving back to the Ghostbusters car- cartoon was was the Ghostbusters cartoon had an Ecto three, which was like a unicycle. That came out of that came out of the rear of the Ecto one, like right oh, out of, the yeah. flying the helicopter bike. No, no, the the unicycle that came out of the rear fender of the Ecto one. They press a button at the rear fender, and this like tiny unicycle pops in, and they can ride two people. I don't motorcycle motorized unicycle. You don't remember the Ecto three? I remember Ecto two. No. That's about it. One second. You got back on Ghostbusters. Yeah. No, I mean. Again, you know, you take Ghostbusters, you take Police Academy. It was in the episode where they, they were turning into cartoon characters. Yeah. Yeah, but as I was saying earlier, the they did some bad toy designs for the actual Ghostbusters characters in the toy line, and thankfully that never migrated into the show. Yeah. Uh, you don't remember this at all? No. Oh, God. No. The motorized unicycle, you don't remember this? No, I don't. <laughs> He's going to look at it and be like, no. No. <laughs> no. Are you, uh, do you see it now, JT? I wish I didn't. Okay. But see, this thing was, by its design, I thought, this is going to be a toy, and the actual Ecto-3 toy is nothing like this. It, yeah. was, it, was, a, it was a go-kart with, with, uh, with flyswatter arms. Yeah. And uh, the Ecto-2 was toy accurate, though, because it, it even has the handle on it in the cartoons. Yeah. No, I was so jealous of my, my cousin Kyle. He had, like, every Ghostbusters toy growing up. And I was like, you suck. Because all the only Ghostbusters toy I ever had, I had the garbage man that turned into a bug. I had the did, did original. You the old, did you have the old lady that turned into a monster with a big mouth? No, I didn't have Granny Gross. I wanted Tombstone Tackle, though, because I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I had the original, like, first-run, like, Peter Venkman figure, because Venkman's my favorite Ghostbuster, bar none. I had the ones where they where they have scaredy faces. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the fright site. You know, you were telling me about that, the one where Egon gets raped by a ghost. Oh, God, I remember that episode. <laughs> it was a very special episode. No, it, it actually happened. I saw it. Anyways, moving Choke on. Choke out the doll where the ghost touched you. <laughs> that was pretty much how it ended. Anyways, uh, moving on. Oh. Moving on uh, to, uh, <laughs> to the next one is Karate Kid, uh, Daniel Son. Oh. Wax on. Wax off. I don't even remember. Show me just paint the yeah, You know what? The, the, it just shows you one thing about karate. It is so awesome, you can surf a torpedo. Which is what happened. I mean, seriously? How could you not love a cartoon like that? It, Very easily. Yeah. Like, wasn't that, a, wasn't that like a level in Contra 3? <laughs> I think it was. I'm not sure, but but uh, I don't really have much to say about Karate Kid unless you got something, Neil. Neither do I. I I brought it up because I just randomly saw that it was a cartoon. I'm like, oh my god, there was a Karate Kid cartoon. Yeah, where they chased after this mystical little shrine statue that would give. Oh, there was another cartoon. Yeah, shrine not important. No, it's you should know this cartoon. You should know this cartoon. Uh. It's based off of a movie, a very good adventure movie, uh, starring Brendan Fraser. This cartoon takes this premise. Are you talking about the Mummy? Yes, I am. Oh, oh God, that cartoon sucked. Oh my God. I didn't even remember it until you were talking about hunting things. I'm like, Oh my God, I remember the Mummy cartoon. I think I'd rather talk about the Jackie Chan cartoon. <laughs> that wasn't based off of any movie. I know, but still. And I'd rather save that for uh, a Jeff Matsuda sucks episode. Yeah. I, I will say the only saving grace about the Karate Kid cartoon is they actually got Mr. Miyagi to voice Mr. Miyagi. His name is Pat. I know what his he name is. He was born but he, here. Pat Morita, but he will always be Mr. Miyagi to me. He doesn't have an accent when he talks. I know that. I watched Happy Days. His name was Arnold. Yes, yes, it was. I'm just saying, that was the only saving grace of the cartoon. It's like, at least they got him. That's true. And let's talk about another lovely 80s property, about uh, why you shouldn't eat your vegetables. Because they'll goddamn kill you. Except these were actually fruit. All that, too. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And that had, oh, what's... Uh, Gomez Adams, what's his name? Uh, John Ashton. Yeah, he was uh, gangrene. And this was actually based off of the second movie, if I'm correct. More or less, yeah. I pretty much, yeah. You know, I knocked this cartoon for having shitty animation, but then I was like, wait a minute, it is a trauma production. And then you saw the tomato get turned into the hot 80s chick. Yeah, except that she's not really that hot in the cartoon. She's not drawn well enough to be hot. Yeah, well, you know what, JT? Already, you already admitted to liking Riff Raff's girlfriend, so you going after fruit now is not that weird. Riff Raff's girlfriend is a step <laughs> up. <laughs> you stuck. <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about Gomez Adams, we have to move on to... The Adams Family. Which I only saw two episodes of. Yeah. This... I believe there was another, if not another Adams Family cartoon. This is not the first time the Adams Family have been a cartoon because they teamed up with Scooby Doo. 
Yeah, they yeah, did. They that, one, that was the old Hanna Barbera one. They did a new one. Yeah. Around the time that the first Raul Julia movie was out, but they actually based the characters off of the old TV series. And that's the one that most people are most familiar with. Yeah, and didn't they, I think some of the character designs for the the newer, like the second anime series, they actually took from the original comic uh, strip. Yes. Yeah, the original comic strip. John Aston, the only guy more awesome enough to play a Riddler. And yeah, this was I. I enjoyed those two episodes, but at the same time, I knew they weren't high art. Oh yeah, I I, I keep watching this and I thinking, gee, I hope I can catch the rerun of the old series later on. It, it, the cartoon reminded me I wanted to watch the old series versus watching the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the the old cartoon series didn't. No, the old the- live action series. Oh yeah, because I love the old live action series. Oh no, the old the you can't do any better than that. Yeah, but I was thinking like the 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 original cartoon series didn't they? Like, but but tri- I gotta say, gotta say the live action movie, Raul Julia and Christopher Lloyd. Hell oh, yeah. yeah, hell's yes. Well, well, would you say that Raul, Ju- Raul Julia did a better job in this movie or Street Fighter? He did a better job as Gomez Adams. Okay, because he was working he was working with Christopher Lloyd versus Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. But, but he also, acted his ass off in Street Fighter, <laughs> and he knew he, he knew he was going down. He's like, "This is going to be my opus." I know, but you you look at Raul Julia, like John Aston's, like you know, he, he had that manic, but that really controlled manic energy. I love the fact that it was that Barry Sodenfeld just basically looked at Raul Julia and how he can play like these really grandiose characters. He's like, you know what? Do your thing. Go nuts. <laughs> Uh, just something about I think the best scene with him in the movie you know versus the cartoon was uh, that knife scene where him and Fester doing that babushka or whatever the hell it was called (laughs) oh god yes (laughs) but I mean the cartoon I love the cartoon the fact that they got like this uber liberal uptight got a telephone pole jammed up their backside mother and father across the road that you have them in the intros they're like picketing the Adams house like Adams get out it's like every time they show up they're just trying to screw over the Adams family and it never happens well what I love is the original message of the Adams family cartoon strip and the original series t- television series was yes they, they like they have a, a flavor for for the macrobe and they uh, and they are you know they're just unusual but other than that they are a loving caring family that uh, you know you know, you know, Gomez Adams donates a lot of money to charities. He's a philanthropist. Yeah. You know, they're actually good people, even though they don't have tastes that conform to everybody else. That was the message of the series. Yeah, they do their own thing, which was great. I mean, I just, I mean, the best thing about this series is the fact they got John Aston to voice Gomez again. That was awesome. Well, well, you know, I love, I love him, but what else was he doing? Well, That's pretty true. much been his career is just coming back and doing Gomez Adams in cartoon. Either playing creepy yeah. old scientists or yeah. a university dean in a certain werewolf sequel that we shouldn't really mention too much. Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about the last one on the list. This was based off of a shitty movie anyways. I love you, Bill Murray, but that was a shitty movie. Is this going to be Ozzy and Drix? Yes. <laughs> oh, just... oh, God. I, I, I love just, I love David Hyde Pierce. I love Bill Murray, but that movie was a pile. Yeah. 
Chris Rock sucks, so I don't care. Not even Morpheus could make that uh, movie good. Yeah. And then they decided to make it a shitty cartoon. Yeah. And I really thought that that Warner Brothers animation department would turn this around, and they didn't. They they, they made a bad product worse. I'm like, what happened to the people who wrote for Animaniacs? What's going on here? Yeah. I mean, they they say it's in in line with the movie, too, but no. But aren't they inside of a completely different character? Yeah, what happened was they transferred over thanks to a mosquito, which is treated like an airline or a bus. Oh. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, I'm starting to coagulate. And all of a sudden, blood or uh, cells come out of, like, the open mosquito bite in, like, hazmat suits and pull them inside the body. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to think about that cartoon anymore. It was a terrible cartoon. No, it was horrible. And like I said, it was based off of a bad movie anyways. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, I don't think Osmosis Jones made Gangbuster at the at the box office, did it, Neil? I don't think so. It probably Because, because every other movie we talked about did pretty damn good in the theater. Yeah. It probably made oh, some... Shit. What? This didn't even come close to making its money back. Osmosis Jones had a budget of $75 million. Its box office return was 14 Damn. <laughs> Fuck. So, so whoever was in charge that said, yeah, this is going to be, this is... Oh, you know somebody got fired that day. <laughs> well, what about some of the person who decided this should be a cartoon? Now, did this come out before or after The Iron Giant? Oh, this is after yeah, Iron Giant. Okay. After, so, much after. So this is this was already when uh, when their movie animation department was in its death throes. Yeah. Oh, you have got to be shitting me! What? what? Th- this thing actually got two seasons. Yes. Oh my god! How in the hell do you get that? Maybe the executive producer was really good on his knees. I think it's called. It was on Kids WB, and nobody was paying attention to that. Well, that should have been the title. Now, this, was, this, this was on around the time of Kids WB's death throes. Okay. Well, that also kind of factors into that. And not even Phil Lamar and Jeff Bennett could save this series, apparently. No, this 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 cartoon was, was ass. And like I said, I just thought it was really funny that... No, this this cartoon... This this movie didn't make its money back. And, and the cartoon wasn't based off of a big property. I mean, no, this was this was terrible. I mean... Like I said, you have you have uh, David Hyde Pierce, you have Lawrence Fishburne, you have Bill Murray, and you have William Chris Rock. Shatner. Yeah, you have Chris Rock, who's a big who was a big name back then. Uh, he wasn't a great actor, but he was a big name. So this was a, this, this you know the movie was actually made by the Farrelly brothers. God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, this is like a perfect storm of shit. Who, who oh, was yeah. snorting a line off of a hooker when they greenlit this movie? <laughs> I think they just signed the thing. They're just like, oh, sir, you know, somebody probably loved the movie. Somebody they came with this treatment. They just slipped like the approval into like a pile of contracts, and you need to sign here, here, here. Oh, and you need to sign this one, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> My plan is complete. Maybe this was maybe this was like a springtime for uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, it's just—it's just not right. <laughs> no, I'm just—I'm just shocked because all the other movies we mentioned made gangbusters based on their cost. 
I mean, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was a B movie, but it was a cult fucking classic. Oh, you mean where they see the giant tomato on a dolly that somebody's clearly pushing it down? Well, let me put this way: Attack of the Killer Tomatoes had a budget of ninety thousand dollars. They more than made that back. Yeah, more than made that back. So, so that justified making a cartoon. You know, Karate Kid was a blockbuster. You know, Street Fighter did okay. Sadly, it did okay. Uh, Highlander, big movie franchise. Same with the uh, First Blood, uh, RoboCop, big movie. Beetlejuice, big. Godzilla, big opening week. Men in Black, big. You know, all these movies were big. Ghostbusters, huge, you know? And then the odd one in the list is Ozzy and Drix. Because Osmosis Jones was a bomb. <laughs> It's just, oh, God. But, you know, we could cleanse the palate with Back to the Future. That's right. We have not brought that up, Pat. That cartoon was terrible. It's still a hell of a lot better than Ozzy and goddamn (laughs) Drake's. It also starred Bill Nye, the asshole guy. Well, there is that. But he didn't say a damn thing. No, I only watched that cartoon for one thing. It was ills for uh, Christopher Lloyd at the end of the episode doing the science lessons because they're tongue-in-cheek science lessons because there there was one episode where they were doing a uh, making a, a lemon battery and uh, they had Bill Nye show how to do the lemon battery and then they had uh, Christopher Lloyd doing the Emmett Brown character sitting back in a lounge chair saying, if you mess it up, you probably made a really gnarly glass of lemonade. <laughs> And that was the best part about that cartoon was the live action Christopher Lloyd at the end. Yeah. Because everything else was shit. Because what this cartoon had was no matter what time period, no matter where in the world now, because now DeLorean is like a fucking TARDIS where you can put location in it. (laughs) And everywhere they go, they run into an ancestor bitch. A tannin! They always run into a fucking tannin! That pissed me off. It's like, are you not creative anymore? Apparently not. No, the, if they if they ran out of creativity, then they would they would be doing a crossover with Bill and Ted. Yeah. You know, uh, Mad Magazine did that once. I'm sure they did. I'm I'm pretty sure every joke I've ever made on this show has been tried in Mad. The Mad Magazine, Magazine did this funny strip once where uh, where Rufus in the telephone booth runs into the fourth doctor, and the fourth doctor hands him a cease and desist letter. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> and, you know, and, and until and it was years after I started watching Doctor Who and like the current incarnation, it I just up until I think about a year, last year, it finally dawned on me. I was like, it's the goddamn Turtis. But well, no, Bill I and mean, Ted. Well, actually, the funny thing is, the people who made Bill and Ted never saw Doctor Who, and that wasn't intentional. Well, yeah, but I mean. I realized that one day I was like, I watched Doctor Who and then went and did something that went and watched Bill and Ted. And I was like, holy shit. It's just that it's like the monkey touching the monolith in 2001. It's like, oh, then Keanu Reeves was like, Doctor Who? And they said, yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I I did kind of like the Back to the Future cartoon. I mean, it, it, it wasn't as good as Ghostbusters. I knew the franchise was going towards cartoon as soon as I saw the end of the third movie. 
these are, are our sons. It's like, oh crap. Oh, but at least, at least the the sons did the sons show up in the cartoon. The, they were the main fucking characters. Oh my god, did they touch themselves? Only when you weren't looking. <laughs> they, the the younger son was like a a brat. He he was he was like the scrappy, and he had a helicopter he wore on top of his coonskid hat. Oh, which he never took off. And he also Even... and his brother was like was like the wimpy guy, and he had rocket shoes. Yeah, he had his dad's brain in rocket shoes. Well, rocket shoes were awesome. Go go rocket shoes. Yeah, and Einstein I, yeah, had I, Einstein I, I, had I, the power glove. No, he had power gloves. It's so bad. Because they, Einstein had to do like all the shit around the house, so they gave Einstein the uh, prehensile articulate robo hands. They gave him opposable thumbs. You know, no, I, I just love. I knew that they were going to do a cartoon when I saw the third movie, because not because of the kids, because of the flying time traveling train. No, the train was badass. It's the kids that that clued me in on it. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean the back. It's just the Back to the Future. Like I love the movies, but it's really a concept that you you can't. They tried to make a TV show out of it. I don't think they really succeeded. They did not. Yeah. It's still better than Ozzy and Drix because they at least put some honest effort into it. Yeah, Ozzy and Drix. I, I don't know. It's uh, you know, like I said, it's Osmosis Jones must be spring fi- time for uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, it was. It was a crafted, designed bomb. I mean, the Manhattan Project couldn't make a better bomb. Well, I don't know. I mean, the bombs at least pretty quick i mean osmosis jones that well the fallout that's the fallout yeah the movie was the bomb the cartoon was the fallout yeah exactly 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 yeah oh boy so yeah most of the times it's it's the rare occasion when the cartoon is gold or even surpasses the original yeah, because like out of the out of the list that we've done, the three best would have to be Ghostbusters, The Mask, and uh, Godzilla. Okay, top five: Ghostbusters, Godzilla, The Mask, Men in Black, and the first season of Bill and Ted. Yes, before before the uh, before it became the TARDIS. Yeah, the Magic School Bus, whatever the fucking. Yeah, before it became Magic School Time Booth. It was still better than That's... the live action series. Oh, God. Ah, ah. And you know Sorry. what? I'm, I'm going to say it right here. Okay. These shitty movie tie-in cartoons are better than the stuff that Cartoon Network has had for the last five years. Except for Thundercats. Ho. And uh, to, to put in perspective, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing that, that these movies could be so bad. You know, not these movies, but these cartoons could be so bad. It's, it's, I mean, there was no bar sometimes. Other times they missed the bar so badly. And so ultimately, when you look, when you see a tie in cartoon coming out for a movie, be wary, look at who produced it, analyze, but don't have your hopes up. Yeah. Because inevitably it's going to be shit. And, uh, with those wise parting words, uh, we're wrapping up. Uh, I am your host, Ben. And TV's Mr. Neil. 
and JT from Saskatoon. And we're saying goodnight. Goodbye. So long. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in.